Paramount Pictures would like to know if you believe in Santa Claus. Hello and welcome. The mood doesn't seem right this year. You're Santa, you are the mood. Because one family... Santa. Fat face, bad clothes, won't shave. What loser got dipped in sugar and dreamed him up? Doesn't even believe in Christmas. Did you see this? There have always been the one or two who don't like Christmas. My, my. So many names crossed off. Now the man in red is thinking of hanging up his boots. I'm going to Hawaii for Christmas like everybody else. And if Christmas is to be saved, Santa's gonna need a little persuading. Dad, there must be some way for you to give this one more chance. What if I could make a family's name who's been crossed off the list reappear as it was? Please. These mortals are a disaster. You're the new old pair? I'm here to help. Isn't that just like my baby sister? Starring Kathy Ireland. We've got to make her understand that we don't want her here. I know what you two are doing. She's crazy. Mary Donnelly Haskell. My time is nigh. <laughs> John Die. Do you believe in Santa Claus? This could be serious. And Douglas Campbell as Santa Claus. Everything will be all right. It's not Christmas Eve in Hawaii. There's still time. Once upon a Christmas. Welcome back. We are here for yet another stocking stuffer and a a retro, a classic, a vintage, a 22-year-old movie at that. Uh, I, I can't handle something like that on my own. It, it takes a lot out of me. I needed to bring in somebody for this episode who has a very classic sense about them. Somebody who can appreciate things of the past and, you know, really find the light in them. And that is, of course, the one and only Keith Allison. Keith, welcome. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. Yep, going to Hawaii. Bye. That's the episode <laughs> right there. Ooh. Oh, Keith, it is wonderful to have you. You are a, a writer, a very, very talented, witty person, uh, and you have are not a stranger to the show. We have had you on a year ago, two years ago. I, are we counting the lockdown years? What is time? Not? What is time? We can just reverse it if we find a book about how to do that, like Kathy Ireland does in this movie. Um <laughs> But yes, you have heard Keith on the on the podcast before, and you will hear him again, uh, including today, where we talk about 2000, the year 2000, once upon a Christmas. So yeah. I'm not the historian of, of Christmas movies that you are, but the 2000, this has to be, like, this is early cycle, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. And Pioneering it, film. Yeah, we... Like we're we're going through different you know different streaming sites. I like to try to find a variety for for the show, so we're not doing the same Hallmark story over and over again. And I I can't remember how I started. I think I was just looking at Amazon Prime because I hadn't watched anything on there yet. And this title comes up pretty quickly. I see the um, pedigree behind it. I see okay. I, I know Kathy Ireland. So there's somebody I know in the movie, not, like not personally, but you know, I've seen <laughs> Alien from LA. Who amongst us hasn't? I bought her Kmart line for a while, uh, and then I noticed the director is um, Tamor Tavax. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, no, Tavax. I've never, I've never said his name out loud for for just that reason. <laughs> 
I mean, there's an accent over the second half of Takas. So Takas, 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 right? The director of the gate. And I Madman, which we covered a few months ago. Uh, and during that said, like, what's this guy up to? Like, he did The Gate, he did I, Madman, like, you know, good horror director, like an interesting point of view. Oh, he's just done Christmas and Hallmark movies for the last 30 years. <laughs> and this is 2000. I didn't realize it was 2000 until I started the movie and was like, huh, and then pulled it up on IMDb. I must have not been wearing my glasses when I picked it because I just did not realize. I, I think I thought, I probably saw it as like 2008. And 2000 it is it's not the formula hadn't been crystallized um this was made for made for tv it aired it initially i think on the pax network it got shuffled around it's since aired on hallmark and abc family and all of those but what is fascinating to me about this is that this is pre-formula like this i mean there is a romance but it it takes a little while to even realize that's what this movie is doing and yet it pretty much does hit every one of the points that we talk about, does it not? It does, and it. I think you can you can still detect faint traces of his his background in horror, <laughs> strange stuff uh, that happens in this, and and some kind of like the more you dwell on it, like disturbing. The more thing. dark. Oh yeah. Although although to me the most disturbing thing is starting this movie up, and, oh. and seeing the logo. For an actual uh, movie studio. Yeah, the Paramount think, stars come up, and it, it is, <laughs> it's weird, folks. It, it is very unsettling when that happens. And, and the movie starts, and then it's even more unsettling, is it not? It, it, it It's very strange. So I, I don't watch a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, I have a contentious relationship with them, but I live with someone. Mm-hmm. who a couple years ago, sort of during the pandemic, stuck at home, uh, just started watching all of them. So I've had kind of a crash course in the mm. past couple of years. Uh, and, and yeah, this one, there's a lot of strange ones. They, <laughs> yes. they, still, they get it. But this one, like, there's something sort of un... You can't quite express the weirdness of it, but it's definitely yeah. there. It's, I mean, part of its cheapness is that it feels really budget. And look, it's it's the year 2000, so it doesn't... It was filmed for a different technology, if you will. Like, this was not meant to air on a flat screen, I don't think. Because <laughs> there's things like that. The lighting is weird. The, the costuming is, is horrific. Uh, it, it, it is quite Canadian. But yet, it's not just that. It's not just the way this movie was made being, like, lower budget. There's just some weird shit going on, is there not? Uh, Why don't we go through kind of a rough plot synopsis? Can can you tell me what happens in this movie? So I can. And this is... So when I write about movies professionally, I don't take notes. But for this one, I I filled up a couple pages. Nice. and partially just to work through. So so to kick things off, uh, what I have is Santa upset by internet trolls. <laughs> uh, the year 2000 internet trolls. Quits Christmas. Yep. yep. Decides he's going to go to Hawaii. It's over. Everyone's on the naughty list anyway, so mm-hmm. who cares? Uh, so he has a good daughter, Kathy Ireland. Uh, Whose name is daughter. Kristen. 
Kristen Kloss and an evil daughter named Rudolfo. Rudolfo, Rudolfo which Rudolfo. for me was really upsetting. I don't know why. I was just very, very perturbed imagining like Santa and Mrs. Claus having a child and saying, okay, we, we have our, we have our first child. She's a daughter. It's a girl. Let us name her something seasonal. Um, okay. We'll name her after the reindeer that got us to the hospital in time. We'll name her Rudolfo. And yeah, then well, like, that, that's nothing compared to when they, they lash her up and make her work like a reindeer, <laughs> oh, but yeah. that's spoiler. Again, that, I mean, that. yes, definitely a yeah. case of, uh, clearly seeing who the favorite child is. But then, like, what, like, two years later, they have another kid, and they're like, okay, what do we name this one? Kristen. Kristen. <laughs> like, well, what's the know. most popular name this year? Kristen. Oh, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. But, uh, so, anyway, uh, Kristen wants to, to convince her dad that humanity is worth saving and, and we need Christmas. Uh, Rudolfo is all too happy to have her dad retire. She wants to take over and turn Christmas into a gag gift holiday, which is not that far from what it is for a lot of people anyway. I mean, it, which also kind of sounds great. Yeah, it didn't sound... <laughs> we're going to pepper the world with whoopee cushions and take bombs. I was like, all right. Uh, but anyway, to save Christmas, uh, Kristen has to journey from the North Pole uh, and visit one of the families on the naughty list and convince them to be good mm-hmm. so that they go onto the nice list and then Santa uh, will cancel or come back from... <laughs> He'll leave lot- the White Lotus in order yeah. to go deliver gifts. <laughs> and, and, so, and so then off she goes to Canada to yes. try and help uh, what I refer to as a G to light PG naughty family. Mm, yeah, that's appropriate. Yeah, the Morgans. Uh, the Morgans, we have a dad who is, um, I'm going to, if I had to name him something, I'm just going to name him Business Dad. Yes. <laughs> right? Or, I'm sorry, I should amend that. Well, his first name is Business. His middle name is Deal. His last name is Dad. Business Deal Dad. Because he says Business Deal about every other line of this movie. And he is widowed, so therefore... Um, you know, work is really important, and he's been neglecting his two shitty kids, who were shitty but kind of awesome. I kind of liked how shitty they were. They're yeah, they're pretty low key shitty. Mm-hmm. Also, like uh, they're not that bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, but it's a good it's a good time. She goes down there. She's their nanny. Um, uh, assumes the role very quickly, and one of those cases where you're like, wow, these people are very responsible to just let this woman in their house, even though there's no evidence that she's actually a nanny, and indeed she's not. Um, at first, it is pretty tough, right? They, the kids are playing pranks on her because they're trying to get her away. Um, so then, I guess they get expelled, and Dad has a business deal that he has to go to, so that he just takes everybody with him because um, he can't leave them at home alone, and along the way, their car breaks down, and they move into an abandoned um, house. It is. They start one squatting. Of, it is one of the most well-stocked abandoned yes. cabins out in the middle of the woods. I mean, yeah. there's 
there's trees, there's lights, there's, there's beans. a cellar full of food. Yep, yep. Uh, which I, they immediately start eating. Having yeah, no idea don't it. leave a note. Uh, I mean, I took it as like a survivalist who was living there and then died in the woods, maybe. And they're just like, whoa, great. The oven is still hot. Like not thinking to actually see like, oh, does somebody actually live here? And they're I there. Was expecting, I was expecting <sighs> Buffalo Bill from Silence of <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking of like um, the guy from Wolf Creek just one day walking and be like, who the fuck is in my house? Uh, oh, well, that that's the sequel that we'll write. Because there is a sequel. that There is Twice Upon a Christmas. Um, so I'll assume that the third one would have been that story. So they live there for what seems like an awfully long time. Uh, and then, let's see, there is a fire in the house. Uh, Kristen, well, there's a very, this is a very strangely paced fire. Would you agree? <laughs> Everything about this movie is strangely paced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, again, a really casual sort of fire. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, the biggest threat is that it's going to burn the tree topper, which was a fair, which is like you know the mother's fa- family tree topper, and so everybody's out of the house, and then the little girl runs into the house, and then the dad runs in the house to get her, and then Kathy Ireland runs in the house, and then then Kathy Ireland runs out of the house. It's it's just a lot of like. You know something, you forget how important geography is in in staging a film, and it's something that as much as, like, The Conjuring as a movie doesn't work fully for me, but I have to always bring that up as a movie that is brilliantly um, laid out in terms of geography. You know where everything is, to the point to where when you you hear a noise, you look in the direction, because you know where that noise is in that house. Mm -hmm. And in this movie... um, it is very confusing where anybody is at any given time and where the fire even is. And I, it, it, it doesn't matter much because it's um, the magic of, of the North Pole is that if you are, what is it? Like if you are a clause or if you are from the North Pole, you have this I, ability. Yeah. If you're just, if you're from the North Pole and I do like, yeah, the geography is like the inside of the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> Yes. Like, like kids will wander off into the woods and like <laughs> and then come up the basement and then they'll be like where are they and then they'll look out the window and they're like three feet away yeah. uh and yeah as far as i can tell the magic because because kristen claus does have magic powers she's mm-hmm. immortal maybe sure she can teleport uh she, she can stop time uh she doesn't use any of these really to help anyone very no. much <laughs> no uh, not at all uh, uh can you know, including the, the fact that they're stranded in the middle of the woods with no food, uh, no winter clothes, no communications, 2000. So there's only one cell phone. And there was a cell phone in this movie and it gets yeah. broken. Yeah. Uh, and and she she can teleport, but nah. Yeah, well, let them, you know, <laughs> let them brave it out a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, the, the distribution of magic powers <laughs> among the citizens of the North Pole, I don't know. They gave it all the Easter Bunny. Nothing in the North Pole makes sense. I mean, you've got Santa <laughs> who, you know, starts the movie in his underwear. And, you do. And, and then gets dressed, but somehow looks even more undressed <laughs> than when he was in his underwear. Uh, the, the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny live with Santa? They do. It, like, they do. And, and the other holidays get to live with it. <laughs> And the, and the Easter Bunny, we should say, this movie began, and my notes were, oh my god, we're watching the kids' version of The Wicker Man. 
because the opening shot is a limbo contest and i just think of that like to me the greatest scene of the wicker man it is not the finale it is that um what how do you describe it the when they're when each character is dressed up in a costume and they're jumping yeah it's the parade and it's like every time you think one of them might get beheaded and just the tension in that and like i really thought this horrific easter bunny was going to just rip his face off and eat Kathy Ireland. I don't know. It was, it was terrifying. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Easter Bunny is, it's literally a store-bought, like, grocery store costume. It's kind of, uh, if you've ever been to, like, the, like, for me, it was the uh, Sunvet Mall, which recently closed. Like, the mall that wasn't really a mall, right? The mall that had, like, maybe that one good store, and then every other store was constantly for rent, and they brought in an <laughs> Easter Bunny? Like, that's this Easter Bunny. Yeah, it's it was not great. It gave me flashbacks to the 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 movie uh, Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny, which mm. if you've seen, you know. If you haven't seen, don't don't rush out. <laughs> uh, not even for a fun time uh, should you watch that movie. Uh, but yeah, the North Pole is weird. The the magic powers are because what is ultimately the the trade-off is she gives up her powers to save the kid from the smoke or it's like oh now she she doesn't have her powers or she just doesn't have a connection to the north pole anymore it's very the little mermaid too so yeah so she to to save the kid she has to give up her immortality to transfer her life force into him so she becomes just a, a regular woman which i guess is good for the romantic angle i mean good thing uh, it hurt so that she was named Kristen and not rodolfa because that would have yeah. been a little awkward uh, and and also just for the hell of it you get amnesia uh, as well that. so she won't remember anything about santa or the north pole or mm. her best friend fairy unless maybe just maybe if you really believe it'll come back to you do you think they made this movie knowing they were going to make a sequel I I don't know. You know, uh, like it's a lot to leave hanging. Yeah, I admit I I haven't ventured into the sequel, so I don't know if they actually follow through with plot mm. threads uh, or just start a new. Because this movie, by the way, ends with a ton of weird dangling plot threads. Yep, yep. Uh, it ends like an old kung fu movie. <laughs> where, like, it's like you land the final blow on the villain, and he goes flying back, and then it just freeze. The credits just go. Yep. There's no resolution or anything. It ends like she saved the kid's life, but they've just burned down this <laughs> this stranger's this home. Yep. Uh, they're still stranded in the woods. They still have no car. Mm-hmm. Santa gives them a cell phone, but they're I don't know if he hooked them up with service. Right. He still has no business deal. Yeah. Yeah. He there, there's a whole other character who, you know, his business partner slash possible romantic interest, who. He just leaves high and dry. Yeah, which is uh, like, kind of a dick move. A, she's not a villain or anything. She's just trying to make a living yeah. with the weirdo that she's gone into business with. Uh, so as far as I know, like she goes off on her own, completes maybe she completes the business deal, and this family is still huddled by this burning cabin. Out in the middle, like, I will no say, I the sequel started playing right after this movie ended. So I watched about the first like five minutes, and then I had to go. And um, the way it started was, like, presumably one year later, and uh, Kristen was, like, living with the family, and it seemed that, for, at first I thought, it opens with um, the dad proposing to her. 
And, but it seems as if it's one year later. So it means that like, was she just living at the house as his nanny slash lover? Like, what is the payment structure going on? <laughs> just there's a lot of questions about ethics. Again, this keeps coming up about when you have romantic relationships, but there is also a, uh, you know, commerce element to them. It, I, it, whatever floats your boat, but I don't know. It just feels like somebody is getting screwed, not necessarily uh, literally. Yeah, and you're a magical being with absolutely no past. Uh, yeah. Like, Kristen Claus, like, what is the status of your 1099s? Oh, boy. Uh, Think that, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, you're Kathy Ireland, and you're really hot, and you have this, this is the life you've chosen? You know? Right? Not judging, but she could have done better, I'm going to say. Yeah, I wonder, because at the end of this movie, I feel like no one learned a lesson. They talk about lessons, like the the family is supposed to, like, the dad's supposed to be more present for his kids, and yet he has this revelation, like, four times. They talk about it, mm-hmm. and then after every time he has this revelation, like, his his troubled son will run off into the woods <laughs> that happens a lot. night by himself. <laughs> And it's like, should I go after him? Nah, I should no. No, he, he needs to think down. about it himself. So he like, remains unsaid. Yeah. The, the kids are jerks right up until yeah. the end. And yeah, like they try and save each other from a fire, but I, like that's not really sustainable goodness. You know, that's no, a because eventually you're not going to save somebody from a fire. <laughs> Kathy Ireland only has one magical life to give. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, there's st- plenty of story left. To indeed, tell. indeed. So, so yeah, they, th- they did continue. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, lead that into uh, our list. So going into the main tropes of these movies, number one is the female lead in need of a lesson, or sometimes she is the female lead who, if she is wonderful, instead she is teaching the lesson. And I would argue that we have the latter in this case. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, something I found odd. Uh. Kristen, um, did you notice some of the jewelry she wore? I didn't. Okay. She wears a necklace. Um, I'm guessing it's from the Kathy Ireland Kmart collection. <laughs> what, what she, it is a, like, diamond cross. Which, again, opens up a lot of doors of confusion for, like, is, are, is like, Santa Claus Christian? Does the North Pole, like, celebrate Christmas as the birth of Christ? How does that, How then how does that fuel santa i don't know that i don't know why that bugged me so much but it really did you know there was a bearded old man at the north pole which i i was assuming he was father time mm. but maybe it was jesus oh maybe it was god <laughs> god, god <laughs> hangs out with the easter bunny <laughs> they play poker on thursdays yeah i guess also it's one of those things that um where some of the year 2000 pre cozy cardigan christmas um rhythm shows up because you don't – some of the movies will be a little Jesus-y, but usually not on the main networks. Typically, that's like the Up Network or now the stupid Candace Cameron one. Like, mm-hmm. usually these movies don't want to lean into any religion. Like, they will sing Silent Night, and they there might be a manger, but they are very cautious about, like, leaning too far into something that um, – even if it, you know, oh, oh, we're not, you know, making these for the atheists, but the really hardcore Christian might be mad that we're doing the manger wrong. So you just don't see it that often. So it was just really jarring to see it, like, in full view on her neck. Uh, how did you like Kathy Ireland in this movie? I thought she was pleasant. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's not a great actress, but she's not a bad actress. I thought she yep. had charisma. She was, uh, and I quote myself, aggressively kind, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, really far beyond yeah. how kind anyone should be. But I actually, I thought she was, uh, especially compared to the dad, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a perfectly charming lead. Yeah, I was surprised by how kind of pleasantly she fit in this role and in this universe. Because it made me surprised to watch and think, like, I'm surprised she hasn't done more of these movies. Just because she really, like, I mean, she's Kathy Ireland. She looks great. She looks great on camera. But she does hold herself well in this. And, I mean, most of the time she is acting against brick walls and she is still pretty charming. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I had, I didn't know, I, I knew of Kathy Ireland from Alien in L.A. And um, a little bit knowing that she, like, has a, quite a business empire. But, like... Holy shit! Does she have a business empire? <laughs> she apparently is a billionaire. Like, she, like the she like started with like that small Kmart line, and it turned into now like this absolute. It is in every store. She does furniture. Like, it, it she has figured out a way to make quite a living for herself. So good on you, Kathy. So that I don't. I guess she was sort of like the 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 second generation of supermodels yeah sort of after cheryl teagues and all. but that generation her and cindy crawford and heidi klum mm-hmm. they all it turns out had quite a bit of business since they were smart uh, about it very yeah, much none of them are, are hurting yeah. all of them well kathy ireland i she's not so much in the public eye now as far as i know but uh they've they've remained relevant in, yep. in various ways yeah, they, which, I mean, is the smart thing to do. And I think you see that a lot now with, like, younger celebrities in different ways where immediately, as soon as they turn 21, they're like, okay, I'm going to produce. I'm not just going to act. Okay, I'm going to find a company to invest in. Like, and for models, I mean, for years, it was probably, you know, the truth about that industry was you you have a shelf life. And by the time you're 27, you better start, you know, finding a rich husband or something to invest in. And I think Kathy Ireland, I don't know that she was the first, but she was one of the most prominent to be really aggressive about learning what she could do and what she both, what she could put her name on, but also like what was the right industry? What was the right market? And mm-hmm. um, I think like it's, I was reading up on her cause I'm like, is she a, is she a good one or a bad one? Um, Apparently, like, she, some of her politics aren't great, but also, like, she has done a lot of philanthropy. So it's mm-hmm. one of those mixed bags. But, hey, as as a businesswoman, I, I give my respect to her. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, now, number two is our setting. Big Bad City, Charming Small Town, Magical Winter Wonderland. Um, well, we also have, like, the wilderness of this house. But yeah. I think more importantly, we need to, you know, we've said a lot about it. But that Magical Winter Wonderland, man. Wow. Magical or disturbing winter wonderland. Terrifying, yeah. Uh, North Pole slash Summer's Isle is how I wrote it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot going on. A lot going on yeah. there. And it's not. It's a creepiness that I don't. It may strike you immediately, but it, it might not. But it will. Like, it will sort of grow on you. You'll lie awake at night. Yep. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's not so much a small town as it is just a like, Canadian suburb. I Canadian guess, suburb, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Oh wait, I'm sorry, Denver. What weren't they in Denver? <laughs> sure. Seattle? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think you meant to say I'm sorry, weren't they in Denver? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, now, number three is our bland love interest. And in this case, we get a combination because normally we have either poor little rich boy or widow dad who, you know, has a soul and a heart and works with his hands. In this case, you get widow dad who sort of is the poor little rich boy kind of thing. Like yeah. he, he needs to learn a lesson. He's obsessed with business. He's got business deals. He's got business deals. He owns a cell phone. Um, he owns a cell phone, which in the year 2000 was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Well, uh, and, oh, God, I don't know. Like, I didn't like him. I didn't, like, I just didn't like the idea that he was immediately kind of trying to seduce the nanny. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> th- their first sort of, like, romantic moment, like, they have been sleeping, they've been squatting in this, you know, abandoned home. And, like, she wakes up and he, like, he's looking at her in that, like, creepy way that men look at women. And she's like, what is it? He's like, oh, I shouldn't say. She's like, what? What, what? what is the line? It's something like, um, like, oh, you're just so beautiful when you sleep or something. And, like, ugh. Yeah. I, I could go on a 20-minute rant about the I was just watching you sleep ugh. thing that everyone, so many movies and screenwriters seem yeah. to think is romantic. And it's, actually... uh, it's, it's really not. I mean, look, hey, if it's between you and your significant other, if that's your thing, that's cool. But I I was watching you sleep and that CPAP, just the way it moves up and down on your face. (laughs) And and I can see the imprint. It's digging into your lip. Yeah. I mean, that's my husband and I say that to each other every morning. So Uh, now number four is the montage, which later movies would go on to use a lot more. Uh, In this one, not so many. Did you clock any? I don't recall any montages, no. Yeah, the only one that I would sort of put in that group is there is, cause it, and it goes on forever, because again, it also felt like they were padding the running time. Uh, there is a flashback to this family's last happy Christmas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like foggy lighting, and there's no speaking. It's like music, and everybody is smiling, and it's like um, wrapping presents. So I guess that quality, it's more foggy flashback, but that's kind of the best we can do. Mm-hmm. Now, number five, dead parents or dead wife. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dead mom. Is there even a picture of this woman? I feel like there was a picture okay. somewhere. But, yeah, dead mom and, and a dead inside dad. <gasps> yes, yes. And there was a picture of her because I thought this was weird. Every woman in this movie except for Kristen is blonde, 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 including the picture of the mother. So I wondered, I'm like, oh, is that a thing? Because like it seemed like blonde was like the evil color, except it was also the mother. Yeah. yeah. That seemed to be just, in general, the color of Christmas movies for a very long time. That's very true. Uh, yeah. Blonde. Yeah. Uh, now, number six is our sassy sidekick. I would argue we have two. Um, who, who did you call out as the sassy sidekick? Well, the Kristen Claus's best friend, the Tooth Fairy. Oh, my gosh. This Tooth uh, Fairy. Yeah. Who, who, you know, drifts between sassy and just sort of weirdly earnest and melancholy. She's got a lot of shit going on, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And again, hangs out with Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would recognize this woman. It's Liz Torres is the actress. Uh, she has been around forever. She's been in a million things. Um, question for you. And I'm, I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm like, trying to Google it and I can't find it. Was is her like? Does she have a lisp, or was that a character choice? I don't know. I wonder that also, and I yeah, couldn't. Man. I couldn't find anything. But 
I think maybe just someone thought it would be hilarious. For the in like it could Steve make Perry sense. Had a lisp, right? Like the two, uh, like I mean, I, if you yeah. have weird teeth, sometimes like that does compromise your ability to make s sounds. I know, I grew up that way, but like it's really she really leans into it to where like I was glad I had the subtitles on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have another there was sassy side. A possible, a possible second. Mm-hmm. sassy sidekick who would you say that was i thought uh i'm just gonna call i don't know the character names so i'm gonna call him uncle buck because that's what he felt like oh i meant to to mention yeah mm-hmm. the weird uh, uh swingers era that's <laughs> movie not although he in his his like bowling shirt yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's the dad's brother. No, it's not the dad's brother. It's the dad's brother-in-law, right? Yeah, it's, it, he was the yeah, mother's brother. The mother's brother. And like, uh, he doesn't have a job. Yeah, he's kind of the the lovable the lovable loser yeah. of the bunch. He's like having a a third child. Every time he was on screen, I was sort of annoyed that it wasn't <laughs> Patton Oswalt playing him. Um, yeah. It's a weird, like, you're kind of supposed to like him, I guess, because he's pleasant. Except the entire time you're just thinking, like, no, but either you're living off this guy who has a lot of business deals and really could use your support around the house. And you're clearly doing a terrible job helping to raise these kids who are awful. And you also don't have an actual job. So what, like, I was, when when the dad's like, by the way, after the holidays, you're out of here. I'm evicting you. I was on the dad's side. Yeah, that was not an unreasonable incident. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I'm not the most mature or responsible adult in the world. But even I was like, my guy, come on, yeah, dude, dude. Uh, now number seven is our evil. Now here's what's interesting. Okay, number seven is really the villain character. Now. Some movies, in most movies, it's one of two things. It's either the evil male boss or the very, like, business-driven career woman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the older movies, it was a woman. Quite often, the villain was was a female. I think that has changed, and it doesn't come up as much. But in this movie, I would argue we have one major villain, one kind of minor villain, and both are women. Yeah, Rudolpha obviously fulfills that. She's kind of a driven career woman. Exactly. Uh, she wants to take over Santa's operation. Mm-hmm. She's got big plans for She knows it. how to code. She made a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I want to I want to talk about the the mm-hmm. forward the forward thinking nature of this film oh, in yeah. predicting the the how to destroy people. somebody, just you yeah. know, make uh, fun of them on social media. Yeah, but her evil schemes, I mean, Again, they were sort of a light PG evil mm-hmm. scheme. Like it's literally and, whippy, whippy cushions. Yeah, at least until yeah, it it hardly seemed worthy of uh, <laughs> enslavement. Lashing her to like a bit and bridle and making her pull him around. Yeah. Uh, that made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was shocked too that um, maybe I just don't know the rules about this. I thought you really couldn't cite Rudolph in anything because that was an owned property and if you like when you were a kid 
um, that like Christmas decorations, nobody, people that had like the reindeer on their lawn didn't have Rudolph because stores didn't, or, you know, companies in producing them in China didn't make Rudolph because Rudolph is an own property and you are violating copyright if you use his image. Now, this movie has a Rudolph. Aside from her, her name, like there is a, a reindeer with a red nose. I thought they called him Rudolph. I believe they, yeah, they expressly refer to him as Rudolph. And also, like, now Rudolph has become a jerk, also. Yeah, Rudolph's a dick in this movie. (laughs) I kind of liked that aspect of it. (laughs) I mean, you know, the entire story of Rudolph is, uh, if you're weird, everyone will pick on you and hate you until they need something from you. Yeah, and then you you have all the power. It's a little bit like Incelli, isn't it? Yeah, that was something my sister used to do with her kids, was they always made sure, like, they didn't leave cookies for Rudolph. She, like, she would leave cookies for, like, all the eight other reindeer. She's like, everybody leaves cookies for Rudolph, so we're going to do it for the other reindeer. Because you know they were all, like, I'm sure, like, Blitzen, like, within that year was like, dude, Rudolph, I just want to say, I'm really sorry. I was a jerk. I went along with it, and I just regret how I acted. And then Rudolph was probably like, yeah, it's cool, man. Uh, and then, like, pulled his pants down or something. It, you know, like, that's kind of the way I see Rudolph. Like, he probably is an asshole. It's one of those, you, right? The, the, when, you're, when you're bullied, you either, yeah. you either develop empathy mm-hmm. for others and become good, or yep. you then turn into a bully. And this version of Rudolph definitely turned into definitely. a bully. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and, like, there was only, like, three reindeer. So I also like to think that Rudolph killed the others. <laughs> uh, so then you also have... Um, we mentioned her. What was the character's name? It was Harley. So in the beginning of this movie, Bill is like ready to propose to this woman, right? Or like he's already proposed to her. They talk about getting married. It's his business partner and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, then he just leaves the business deal, right? He essentially doesn't make it on time. And she calls him and he's like, yeah, well, I have my family now. She's like, yeah, but for the last like five years of our business, you haven't had a family. Now you can't just change your mind at the last minute. And I mean, I'm sorry, but asshole. Yeah, I mean, right. For that character to to work, it's like you really got to lay on the the jerk. Mm -hmm. Like uh, make her, you know, however... Yeah, like, have her, I don't know, like, really kick a puppy. Like, yeah. Really insensitive. Yeah. But this woman, like, she she seems to love this dope. Uh, she works really hard at the business, mm-hmm. uh, potentially harder than he does. She tries to make nice with the kids. Yeah, she tries. Uh, uh, yeah, and then he's like... Welcome to Dumpsville, baby. Yeah. Uh, and, and leaves her. And doesn't even tell her he leaves her, yeah, right? He's like, oh, I don't know. The cell phone got yeah, broken. Bye. Doesn't even explain himself. Yeah. Uh, so, Man, the real yeah, victim of this movie, Harley yeah. Jones. Yeah. Let's see. Now, number eight is Slapstick. Uh, any hijinks that you caught and found amusing? I... I can't remember any specific. I mean, the the kids both, you know, go through uh, a period of of prank pulling mm-hmm. to to drive Kristen Kloss away. Yep, yep. Uh, There's one gag that I actually really thought was like, oh, that's clever, uh, and it was even like staged funny where the like gym teacher, like this guy, like walks in because the kid's getting in trouble, and just he's a, like a big gym teachery guy, and he blows a whistle. 
And at first you think he's just blowing the whistle at the kid. And then the principal walks oh. in and you realize, oh no, he glued the whistle. He put glue on the whistle and now it's stuck to the teacher's mouth. I yeah. thought that was a good gag. And I'm like, you know, kid, that's clever. You can go places with that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the, the comedy in this movie and, and it, it has quite a bit. Uh, it wasn't always funny, but it, it, <laughs> it tried. but it rarely was like cringeworthy or, or eye rolling. It was yeah. just, there's a little bit of ice skating hijinks um, where there's a bit of like a whoa, 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 somebody's uh, falling yeah. and that kind of thing. But again, it's you expect it here. Uh, yeah, number I, nine. I thought oh. the, the funny joke in that is that he, he, the dad is whoa, 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 but like but Kristen Kloss is out there doing like Olympic level. <laughs> of course she is. Skiing, so. She is a Claus. <laughs> they are naturally able to do double axles. Yeah. Uh, number nine, our sage old person. Um, you know, uh, like we have Santa Claus and we have people that are immortal. So they're they're very old. Um, I guess Santa gives her advice. It's not so much I mean, advice. He kind of gives some advice in the end. But like for the most part, I mean, like Santa goes through about three minutes of being dejected about this. Uh, website about how much Santa sucks. Uh, but then once he makes his decision, he is all he's, in. He's in. Oh, yeah. Through Christmas, I'm yep. going to Hawaii. And Mrs. Claus, who you would think would be like the steadying hand or like, uh, let's think about this, Chris Kringle. She's like, no. no Perfect. I, I just got a new bikini. Can't wait to try it out. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I kind of respect. Yeah. And that leads us to Santa Claus, number 10. And obviously we have a Santa Claus, a very thin-skinned Santa. Can you imagine Santa in the actual, like, Twitter Reddit age, if this is how sad he gets? Yeah, and that's what, what I mentioned earlier. It is it is somewhat forward-thinking. So 2000, year 2000, mm-hmm. we've sort of, the internet has entered public consciousness, but it's still, like, Amazon's still just kind of getting off the yeah. ground. Like we're still doing uh, chat think, rooms and AOL yeah, for the most Twitter, part. I don't think Twitter's around. No, not yet. I mean, MySpace uh, yeah. might uh, have started, but nobody knew about it yet. Yeah. So the fact that that part of this movie revolves around uh, a website that is is set up to for people just to shit talk Santa Claus mm-hmm. uh, is, is kind of forward. Yeah. But it also means that like back then, yeah, you know, on Twitter, right and and even Facebook, uh, you're, you know, you're assaulted with the negativity a lot, even if you try sure. to, to cultivate, it's just there. But back then, like you had to actively go and set up account, an account and yeah. log in and, and then read the message board. Uh, yeah. So Santa was yeah. looking for it. Yeah. Santa was, oh, he was, he was like ask Jeevesing about himself all the yeah, time. Definitely. I think he, he already had bought the tickets to Hawaii mm. and he was just, he was looking for any excuse. Oh God. Can you uh, imagine like this Santa today would like, <laughs> is somebody going to make an Elon Musk version of this story? That is what I am asking. Uh, yeah. It's hard. I mean, the sad answer is probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's in production at, you know, at lifetime right now. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So we have a Santa, but he's, <laughs> but really do we, but it, do we deserve that Santa? I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, so let's see the bonus round. The first thing is our public domain holiday songs. 
Uh, and again, I feel like this movie didn't quite understand what it had in like, look, Tybor, you don't have to pay for music. You just have to pull up the public domain files. Yeah, it's no one's coming after you for Silent Night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll come after you for, yeah, for Rudolph, so don't do that. Oh, no, Rudolph, nobody uh, can afford Rudolph. But yeah, there movies. were no no Christmas carols older. Not really. Movies. Yeah, uh, there, there's no, an up on the housetop at one point, but. No Jingle Bell Roth on the radio. No, no. Uh, there was uh, an abundance of jaunty Christmas movie music, mm-hmm. uh, which I have learned, you know, in the 22, nearly 23 years since this movie was made, hadn't changed all that much. <laughs> yes, 100%. Because the all I don't think anything new went into public domain. No. Uh, and just in terms of style, you're right. It is the um, sprinkle sound effects galore in this movie. Uh, and all the same, like, not quite tuba-ness, but it, it's the same. You could take the soundtrack and play it, like, with your eyes closed, and you would, th- and I would give you a list of movies and say, which one do you think it came from? And you would guess all of them, and you'd be right. Uh, and yeah. the movie, the closing credits had a song that I'm like, wait, this is a real song. It was the, it must have been the mistletoe. Mm. Like, I've heard that song. I think Barbara Streisand does a cover of that song, mm. so... Again, like that's where their budget went. It didn't go to the Easter Bunny costume; it went to music. Yeah, yeah. It since since you invoked the name of Summer Isle, it the North Pole really could have used uh, some good old fashioned Wicker Man style like folk oh, yeah. folk music. Yeah. Uh, the you know the winter version of Summer Is a Coming, uh, and you know, or or the end could have just used. Uh, you know, them looking off into the woods and going, well, there's a fire <laughs> over there. Oh, and, and don't yeah. worry, you're as you can always jump on a. It's not dangerous to jump over a fire if yeah. you're naked. Let it let it end. You know, like you know, the last scene in yeah. in the witch or kill list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, what a missed opportunity. Okay, the director's cut coming for the 25th anniversary. So watch out for it in two years. Yeah. <laughs> So, Secret Family Recipe. Uh, there is a mention of mo- Mother's Special Pancakes, but I don't think we actually see them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure how special pancakes can be. Well, no. Uh, pancakes can be pretty special. See, but a, that's a, just do you make pancakes? Pan- I don't have grit, a griddle, so I really don't. I, I make, like, oven pancakes, not stove-top pancakes. I, being a, a full New Yorker now after many decades here... I go out and I let professionals mm. professionals make pancakes for me. Fair, fair. Or my dad, he makes good pancakes. Nice, nice. Well, you got to get his secret recipe. I it's uh the Bisquick squeeze bottle. Nice, nice, good stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Let's that see. <laughs> That's right. We and now we're uh now that we know the secret, we must die <laughs> and get sent to the North Pole. Uh, number three, our small business in danger. Now, I would argue we have a. He specifically says, "I started this business with my partner." Um, you know, we left the firm to start our own business. So, like, this is a small business that he has yeah. these meetings for. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, ad agency, independent ad agency. I guess that, that counts as a small business. It's not a you know, yeah, shop or a hardware store right. or. But, but hey, it's still one or two people owning a business and yeah. trying to make it work yeah. and failing miserably based on this movie. Again, a prescient, very prescient of the movie. They're, they're kind of work from home, although You're he right. goes out a lot, but I don't know where he's going. They don't mm. seem to have an office. No, they couldn't afford the office. 
Yeah, remote worker. He can work from anywhere. Yes. Uh, he had a cell phone. Let's see. Yeah. Number four, product placement. Nothing I caught in this one. Uh, number five, cloying child. So we, we talked a little bit about these kids. Um, they're wonderfully shitty kids. I kind of liked them. Yeah, I mean, the 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 girl, she's not cloying. She's, she's a little more earnest than the, the brother. And you know the brother's the real bad seed because he has that late 90s, early 2000s. A little spike, spike hair. Haircut. Yep, yep. Yeah. The, the middle brother and Malcolm middle haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy, I'm looking him up. Like, he's actively worked because um, he looked familiar and I, I meant to see if I knew him for anything. Uh, he is, again, like, he's been working since this movie. But, oh, Final Dest... Oh! Oh! Oh, my God! Oh, <laughs> my God. I am going to blow my own mind right now. I know what I know this kid from. This kid is one of my favorite film characters of all time in a scene that my husband and I reference probably once a week. This kid, uh, actor's name is... Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? There he is. Um, something... James Kirk. Okay, not not James C. Kirk, but James Kirk. James Kirk is in Final Destination 2. Keith, have you seen Final Destination 2? I have not. Oh, the, the second best Final Destination film after um, Part 5. In Final Destination 2, he plays a character named Tim. And it is very clear when you watch this movie that the character of Tim was supposed to be much younger and somebody, perhaps the studio, perhaps a director, perhaps a producer, said, you know what? I, I get the idea of having, like, a little kid in danger, but we are going to kill this guy in a really ridiculous way where we are going to have him walk in a street and a giant piece of glass falls on him and splats his entire body everywhere. I don't think we can do that for, like, a 10-year-old. So instead, they just... They, they cast an older actor, but they don't change the writing of him at all. So he's kind of playing it as a man-child. And it's wonderful. And the way this guy dies is, like, he's walking on the street with his mother. And the kid in this movie, like, I gathered he was supposed to be, like, 15, maybe? We're, like, too old to do this stuff. But there's a great, my favorite moment, I, I quote this line once a week, where he is just walking outside. And he, he looks and he sees... Um, a whole bunch of birds, like pigeons, just on the ground. And he points at them and goes, pigeons! And then, like, runs after the birds, and then the glass falls and kills him horribly. Um, but whenever, like, I'm at a loss for words, uh, and I'm, like, stumbling and I can't find the right word, I just shout, like, pigeons! And that's my way of, like, getting past something. So, uh, best character in the movie, best character in any movie, this kid should have won an Oscar for everything in the year 2000. Well... Look at you, Once Upon a Christmas, giving us, <laughs> right. giving us more gifts. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. This, I, who knew that this movie starred my favorite young actor? Who knew, indeed? That's, that's funny that he's an older actor playing a younger kid yep. in Final Destination. Because in this movie, I feel like he's supposed to be an older kid who, again, like, well, into his, like he's a teenager, right? Like, I thought they said I, he was 12, but I don't know if I made that up. Like, this movie, and I find this in a lot of Christmas, they don't seem to know at what age God, no. kids stop believing in Santa Claus. <laughs> no, I mean, this not. kid's, like, in eighth grade, possibly a freshman in high school, and he spends his days logging on to uh, a, <laughs> a chat, chat board <laughs> to just to shit-talk Santa Claus. And it's <laughs> like, in some scenes, he believes in Santa, and some scenes, he, he doesn't. So, I don't, maybe... Yeah, maybe, like, maybe he's the same character. 
god in my dreams and, in my dreams he is like, yeah he's just like i don't like aging backwards like merlin yes. or something yeah it's like a little benjamin button situation here yeah. oh man like you know what I, I i take everything bad i said about this movie back once upon christmas <laughs> greatest movie of the year 2000 i mean the director does have a background in horror uh-huh but... yeah yeah oh boy all right, let's see. Number six is a character with a holiday theme name, and obviously Rudolpha and Kristen. <laughs> Kristen Claus. This really bothers me. Uh, number seven, finding the perfect tree, a, a an oft plot point in these movies. Uh, do, do we get any kind of tree stuff going on here? They do. They mm-hmm. they have a finding a tree scene in their uh, the murder cabin that they camp out in. Uh, but that seems more like it's about the perfect tree topper. Yes. Well, there is a, a, a tree earlier in the movie, right? It's the thing that drives Kristen away. Christmas trees. Yeah. Christmas trees. Because yeah. a Christmas tree killed his wife. Yeah. <laughs> they don't say it in the movie, but that's kind of what I gathered from it. I mean, it. they don't. They, yeah, they never really explain the, mm-hmm. how the, the wife dies, right? I mean, so, it had to be a Christmas tree. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, number eight, ridiculously elaborate holiday cocktails. I don't think there's any drinking of any kind in this movie, but empty coffee cup acting. I, again, maybe it's just that this movie is early in the cycle and they didn't understand that, um, you don't have to pay for coffee. Like you could just have empty coffee cups, but (laughs) Kathy Ireland, like bitch knows how to hold a cup. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's funny. That actually, I was like, ah, good cup acting. Yeah. It's a rarity in these movies, but she she pulls it off. Uh, let's see. Actors trying hard to not actually eat on camera. Now, in this case, like, they kind of deliberately don't let characters eat, right? Like, at one point, like, they're in the cabin and they're starving to death is where I took it. Um, but because the kids have been assholes, Kathy Arlen's like, no, I'm eating my beans and you don't get to have any. And the kids are like, but I haven't eaten in five days. She's like, well, you should have believed in Santa. I, you know, it's it's a they literally had to walk ten feet to just get the beans <laughs> yeah. themselves, and the kids are like, nah. Well, like they start doing that, and then they end up, you know, yeah. in the uh, the hedge maze. So you, you got to forgive them for yeah. that, right? Because to go, Kathy Ireland does have to learn a lesson, and mm. the lesson is to be meaner to people. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Which, in fairness, isn't it like that is something a lot of people need to know, right? Oh like, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, number 11, Canadianisms. <laughs> I don't know. Did you think this was filmed in Canada? I never would have guessed it. No, no, uh, no doubt about it. Definitely Denver. Yep, uh, yep. Yeah. And Indeed. I don't know, there's something about the the spiky kid haircut with like a kind of oversized faux leather jacket, uh, which to me just screams Canadian production. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then last is the warm weather watch. Uh, I mean, did you think they were cold in this movie? I not only were they not cold at home, uh, when they were outside freezing to death, mm-hmm. they didn't really seem that cold either. They don't even like you know. I think half the time they don't even put jackets on. No, they do not. Uh, no. And like then I got worried because I'm like, wait, Canada is cold, or are like I'm worried that the actors actually are cold because they are very lightly dressed. But uh, I guess if you film in July, you're okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's once upon a christmas uh keith do you recommend this movie who do you recommend it to so here's the the thing um 
I kind of if you're if you're wanting to watch a pretty harmless Christmas movie, uh, if you've got an undemanding kid or you are yourself somewhat undemanding or you just want something on the background, it is so uh, again aggressively okay. Uh, that that I think it's fine, and it it has the benefit of me having watched it after, uh, my partner had watched another Christmas movie, which I'm gonna call out by name. Ooh. Uh, Unperfect Christmas Wish. I don't know that one. Uh, it's relatively new. It was on TV. I wanted to burn my entire. <laughs> it was so bad. Let's uh, see. And. And so, and this film, uh, Once Upon a Christmas, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, you know, I may not watch the sequel uh, unless we do this again next year. But, uh, <laughs> just to follow up, just to yeah, see where it goes. There's, uh, definitely uh, worst crimes have been committed in the name of Christmas movies. Than, yeah. Than this one. Yeah, I'd agree. In, in some ways, the weirdness of it, the fact that it's the year 2000, the fact that you have this like very uncomfortable, disturbing North Pole sequence makes it fairly interesting. Kathy Ireland, I think, is is fun to watch in this. Like, She keeps it interesting and pleasant. Um, it's one of the only movies I've seen in a long time that has essentially star wipes for transitions, which made me really excited. Uh, and it's it's weird enough where if you're looking like... If you're at that point where you're looking on the corners and you're trying to find, like, I don't know, let me find some of the weirder shit or the, or the, the stuff that's a little bit different, it it isn't doesn't go that far, but there's enough in it that it's it entertained me. Now, would it have entertained me if I wasn't sitting here taking notes uh, in order to talk about it? I can't say that it would have, but it, it satisfied my, my purpose, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, I don't know if it would have entertained me, but it wouldn't have angered me. Yeah. Which you run the risk of with this genre. Oh, do you? Does one ever? Oh, now, now, obviously, I have to check out Unperfect Christmas Wish because I'm. Was it Unperfect I, Christmas Wish? That was it? Uh, un, Unperfect Christmas Wish. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, some of the worst singing in it Ooh. that I've ever heard from someone who the character is supposed to be a great singer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't say I didn't warn you. I but know, but now, now that, oh, man. I'm going to look forward. Damn it, it just makes me curious. Well, I'll report back if I get to it. <laughs> now, uh, Keith, when you are not, um, you know, doing all-night marathons of once and twice a month Christmas, uh, what are you up to? Where can people find you? What should they read of yours? Please tell us everything. When I'm not watching Once Upon a Christmas, I'm, I'm re-watching Miami Vice. Uh, the TV series, which has aged remarkably well, I think. Huh, I've it's, never it's seen safe, an episode. Save safe for the occasional butt slap here and there. <laughs> well, I mean, come uh, on. Who amongst us doesn't still yeah. do a good butt slap? So uh, I write reviews and sort of pop culture commentary for a site called Suburban Pagans, suburbanpagans.com. I also just launched uh, a newsletter, mm-hmm. so suburbanpagans.substack.com. Which is great uh, stuff. Uh, thank you. Uh, subscribe now. You're about to get a huge blast of Ooh. classics knowledge about nice. uh, Greek Greek mythology. Love uh, it. Among other things. Um, I have a book out called Cocktails and Capers, which you can get on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, uh, and people, I recommend the hard copy because there's recipes in there. There are there are recipes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no ebook. I've never figured out how to 
turn the the particular layout of it into an ebook. Uh, but it's out there for all your your uh, Christmas gift giving needs. Yeah, I can highly recommend it. I enjoy it thoroughly, and it sits on my bookshelf. Thank you. Every time I open it up, it's a surprise to me because I've forgotten what's in it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's because you are actually part claws, and you don't remember. <laughs> but you did give up your memory and immortality in uh, order to, to you know to save that businessman from that fire. Save, yeah, to save some shitty little kid. Because he uh, had a fate in front of him, Keith. But, if but you had if, not saved that kid, we would not have had the greatest sequence of all time in Final Destination 2. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I'll just throw this one out there. Uh, Arrow Video has a box set called Gothic Fantastico. Uh, I do an audio video essay on it Ooh. for a movie about Edgar Allan Poe and a movie called The Blancheville Monster. Uh, so pick it up if you want to give a gift or don't pick it up. I already got paid. Uh, but not nah, pick it up. Pick it up. Do, do do your part. Pick it up, people. All right. How wonderful. Uh, with that, I am going to sprinkle some some magic Kathy Ireland dust and star wipe us away. Merry I Christmas. Guarantee you, no one in the world has talked this long about this movie. <laughs> Maybe like Tybor and Kathy at their first like sit down like script reading but probably not you're right they probably like read half of it they're like we got the gist of it okay great let's go have little cupcakes and then that was the day all right i've got whoopee cushions to deliver oof oof get on that oh kathy oh kathy my wild iron lassie you're not just an island to me <laughs> you. with your sparkling green eyes and skin alabaster you've stolen my heart you see Aww. oh kathy who squeaks with the voice of an angel i don't think you're so big a bone Good. i'd like to come over and roll in your clover and kiss your blarney stone no improvising sorry i was just going with my feelings you big mush let's just skip to the chorus Okay. Kathy, Kathy, my soprano lassie, I'll adore you till the end of time. It's a little predictable, isn't it, Nelson? Come on, just do your part. Okay. Oh. No, in the voice. Oh, Mikey, oh, Mikey, it's you that I likey. You're a bitch in green. <laughs> With those baby blue things and the stuff that you wear. And your shoes are really choices. <laughs> Sorry, I... I Mike, Mike, it's me, Tom. Mike, no, no, Mike, Mike, Mike Tom here. Mike, Tom, Mike, the chorus. Mike, what? The oh, chorus, chorus, please. Oh, oh. Kathy, Kathy, you made me daffy. I will love you till the end of time. Oh, Kathy, compact and delicious. Young Kathy, tis only for you that I pine. I'll make all of your enemies die for their sins, and I'll love you till movie song.